I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. Please enjoy this classic clip, which is available in full at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. A quick warning, in this clip there is some occasional coarse language, so if you are around sensitive ears or are easily offended, move along to another Steel Wars episode. This is not the podcast you are looking for. He is from the Comedy Film Nerds podcast. He is a very popular comedian and one of the founders of the LA Podcast Festival. Welcome, Star Wars fan. Graham Elwood. Hello, citizens. I don't know why I'm coming up so big on that one. What's up, everybody? I don't know why. I'm, what, it's always my first inkling is to go. I think I used to, I used to host game shows. So okay. I, I just when you said citizens, it sounded like you just declared yourself emperor. Yeah, I am. I'm yeah. I'm the new emperor. I've dissolved the senate, and I'm not. And I'm getting wrinkler by the minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my face is becoming one giant scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to throw out electricity if you fuck with me. Yeah. Do you talk Star Wars much on Comedy Film Nerds? Well, we ha- we absolutely have. We started as a website. Mm-hmm. We close every show with Han Shot First. And that has been our battle cry. Just to, and when we, I remember when we first started the website and we would have that on the website or after articles and somebody wrote in and said, who's Han and why did I don't understand this? And I just wrote back, this isn't for you. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we want to acquire new fans, but you, I, you, I don't, I have nothing to say to you. I don't know what to say to you. Um, so, so we're two comedians, Chris Mancini and myself. We're both filmmakers and we're nerds. So it's not just star Wars, although that's a huge part of us and how we grew up as I'm sure it was for you and every listener right now. But yeah, ours is a, a kind of a broad spectrum of film nerdery, and that's how we like it. But we do, that's how we've ended every show is Han Shot First. Oh, uh, that email, that is fantastic. Yeah. You, should, you should have framed that <laughs> bad boy. Just like, this is not for you. There's <laughs> nothing, I'm not going to explain it. I'm not going to try to sway you my way, because you're going to come back and say you loved Phantom Menace or something, and I'm going to just, I don't. Oh, he's coming out swinging already. I am. I'm sorry. He's we coming. we had this. You 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 caught my Freudian slip yesterday when we recorded you on Comedy Film Nerds, when I said, I showed my nephews were visiting. They're 11 and 12 years old, and I showed them all three Star Wars movies. <laughs> and you went, Graham. There's been more. And I was like, Nope, no, there hasn't. There's been three. There's been. <laughs> There's been A New Hope, there's been Empire Strikes Back, there's been Return of the Jedi. You couldn't even get it up to five with a a couple of Ewok adventures? (laughs) (laughs) I have the Star Wars Christmas special on DVD um, that a fan sent me because George Lucas has tried to have all of them removed from the face of the earth. Yep. And uh, 
I will include that. You include that because the Chewbacca family Christmas Carol or whatever the hell that is. I love a masturbating Wookie. <laughs> <laughs> it's to me, it's that golden era of the late seventies where everyone went crazy with Star Wars and science fiction. It's like when Shatner sang uh, "Rocket Man" at the science fiction awards. Have you ever seen that? I th- I don't know if I've seen. I think I've heard it. You released an album. Doesn't he, he just talk? Well, he yes, he did release an album called The Transform Man, which is a masterpiece. <laughs> and his version of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is amazing. But at the Science Fiction Awards, which is now a def- defunct award show, but shows you like everything was science fiction then, he sang Rocket Man, and they did this, what at the time was this amazing effect of these other images of himself like they had just gotten some computer graphics or whatever, so there's three Shatners, but it but he doesn't sing. He's like, I'm a rocket man. Pack my bags, pre-flight, zero hour, nine a.m. And he does it, and it's 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 on YouTube. It has to be. It was one of these things that was a VHS tape that comedians in America. When you'd go on the road in the late 90s or a late 80s, early 90s, some guy would have one of these. That's where I first saw it. It was a road comic with one of these crazy tapes. Yeah. And you'd watch it in the comedy condo at two in the morning and go, no fucking way. <laughs> well, that's I, you know, technology, the way it's become. This is a bit of Star Wars, but, you know, it makes great things like podcasting readily available. But there's also that thing. I really miss the 90s of things being hard to get. Like, if you got, like, a bootleg tape or something, it was cherished. Yeah. It was... And just to go into, like, a comic book shop or go to, a like, a comic con, the euphoria and just the... All the things coming at you. Whereas now you can just go on eBay and... Go on eBay, get anything. You can find any video or anything online, which in some ways is nice. But I, I do agree with you. That sort of, like, you were on a a constant treasure hunt. And when you came across one of these things or somebody showed it to you, it was like, you know, here's the Holy Grail or the Excalibur sword or something like, no way, how did you find that? And I I think there's something beautiful about that. Like I remember seeing um, like a blue Snaggletooth. Do you know what a blue Snaggletooth is? Uh -uh. So uh, Snaggletooth's a character in the cantina. He was one of the original figures, like the original... 18 when they expanded it and he was a little red guy with sort of like a like a monkey face with two little teeth oh yeah so he was about that big he was about r2d2 size because it's hard for me to make this hand thing for everyone at home so (laughs) theater of the mind picture a little monkey man in a red space suit next to r2d2 and at the same height and when star wars though uh you know, like George Lucas couldn't get a licensing deal for anything beforehand, mm-hmm. before the movie came out. And they'd signed with Kenner. Kenner was like their 18th choice. Right. They had, before that, they made their money through like easy bake ovens and practical toys, yeah. like things that did that sort of stuff. And so in the rush to get figures out, and, and very famously, they couldn't get them out for that Christmas. So they sold an empty box called the early bird set that came with a little poster and some stickers and if you sent in the voucher they promised to send you four figures after christmas and apparently it was a smashing success and of course those boxes now are worth so much 
But in the rush to get out more figures, they just sent headshots in black and white of some of the cantina aliens. So Kenner went out and made a snaggletooth that was the same size as everyone else in a blue jumpsuit and sold it with an exclusive playset from Sears, a department store in America. And then when Lucasfilm saw it, it's just like, oh, no, no, that dude wears red and he's like little. So the blue Snaggletooth became worth a lot. Oh, this is like a Revenge of the Jedi poster. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember like you go to like a toy fair or a Comic Con in, you know, back in the 90s and you'd see things like that for the first time and it was Oh yeah, it was mind blowing and and it was and the guy the vendor would tell you the story and lie to you about how few of them were actually made. Right. <laughs> but it was it was like a, a very uh no, you an experience finding, that's lost. You were finding a buried treasure. You mm. were finding some, you know, some artwork that was hidden, you know what I mean, that they thought was gone. I, that that stuff to me and the story behind that is and I think I think Star Wars ha- seems to me has more of that mythology around it because of when it came out, how crazy, how it was this low-budget crazy thing that no one had ever heard of. George Lucas showed the sample, and he used cow, you know, cowboys and Indians chasing each other during because he hadn't done the, you know, the special effects yet. And everyone was like, uh, "What's this going to be?" And it just blew up and took the entire world. The entire world went crazy for it, and kind of has been for thirty some years now. Mm-hmm. That it. Those stories to me, like the Star Wars Christmas, we talked about it on Comedy Film Nerds and a fan sent me one. And that to me is why I love those only three movies that have ever come out more than (laughs) more, more than most. We talk about the holiday special a little bit on the podcast. And so people that like listen to the podcast and never knew about it, they've downloaded it. Mm -hmm. So often it's, it's weekly someone will tweet me about to watch the holiday special, you know, just download it, about to watch it. And then about 10 minutes later, I'll get a tweet. Yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you're not watching. It's not going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing in very different ways. Yeah, but the, the animated bit with Boba Fett, pretty sweet. Is, is, yeah, that special is such a great window into television <laughs> being made and whatever that came out 79 or something like that yeah i think it was yeah it would have been s- 77 was the first one it was was it after empire or no, was it, it was before it was before yeah which is you know to george lucas's credit that could have been empire like do you know what i mean like yeah. if he just like he if he hadn't made like he made a few very canny deals like he needed more money from 20th century fox and he wouldn't he gave away his money that he was getting paid to be a director but kept all the rights for sequels and merchandising because i know it's very interesting just to have that belief in yourself right that that's going to pay off because there's no way you don't think no you have no idea yeah there's no well, if I hang on to this, I'll be able to sell it to uh, Mickey Mouse for yeah. <laughs> several billion dollars. But I, yeah, I, I wonder though, that, that that's an interesting question because you, yes, how could he know? But then if you look at the time though, in 75, 76, 77, when he was getting ready to do all this, so you had Space Odyssey, you had Star Trek, which you know was three years went off the air and then in syndication it went crazy 
and the sci-fi thing had already been sort of really ramping up hard as because we had started to put a man on the moon and all that. So did he just know? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, was it a gamble? And I, I don't know the answer to this, but, but is that something where, because if you look at it from that timeline, maybe it isn't that outlandish that he took that gamble. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it wasn't like no sci-fi had happened prior to that. And he was basically just taking serialized... Yeah, but if, if he believed in it, no one else did. But that's always the case, though. Yeah. But that's everyone was like, oh, who are these four guys from Liverpool? Like, you know, <laughs> this Elvis kid just shakes around. Let him drive a truck. Like, everybody, you know what I mean? Like, I love hearing personally, as someone who's, you know, deeply rooted in the podcast world, I love hearing people say, ah. I've heard Hollywood agents and managers say, Ah, uh, podcasting's a swamp now because every comedian has one. And I just go, 80% of the population doesn't know what it is. It's television in the early 50s when people went, TV, it's now, it's, that's, so when, when, when I hear people that, I think of historically big, powerful people saying that, mm. a version of that. Ah, oh, videotapes, what, that's going to kill the movie industry. No, no, it's going to give you a whole new revenue, a global revenue stream. Do you think the movie industry now is just like, oh, yeah, fuck you, videotape. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you out, now you're dead. Yeah. And I'm still going. I'm still going. <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah, I think they're, they're still, I mean, like, look at TV and the Nielsen system. And they must be sitting there going, what the fuck, Netflix is, what are they, huh? And they're trying to figure that out. They must know the, the Nielsen system is broken, and yet... Network television is still so beholden to that, and the sponsors are beholden to that. Yeah, the, the, the rating system, that Nielsen rating system, it's almost like a religion. It's just like they need that, right, to help them accept their place in yeah. the world. Like, <laughs> yeah, if there's no Nielsen system, then there's no God, and yeah. nothing. And when you die, you just everything goes black. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone told George Lucas he was crazy, but that's everybody heard that. Gandhi heard that. You're never going to get England out of the England is never, you know what I mean? Get Dr. King. You're never going to get Jim Crow laws to get like everyone's ever heard that. So to me, and yes, I am. I'm, I, I, I know someone's going, are you putting George Lucas on the same par as uh, Dr. Martin Luther King? And well, you Gandhi? were saying before the podcast <laughs> that you hate Gandhi's later work. <laughs> <laughs> His prequels are bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah. His prequels are bullshit. To hear the full episode, along with hundreds of hours of bonus content, I would invite you to check out the Steel Wars Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. For just $3 a month, you get a dedicated RSS feed that easily pastes into any podcast app you use, sending the complete archives of Steel Wars episodes along with bonus Patreon exclusives like movie commentaries, Q&As, and shows like the Making Steel Wars show, which I make exclusively for Patreon members with Jason Ward of MakingStarWars.net, where we try to find the news behind the news. Plus, you'll get the bonus segments from the call-in shows, which sometimes can be over an hour. 
And as well as all the bonus content, you get that warm glow that you are supporting this show you listen to each week. The idea behind Patreon is if lots of people chip in a little bit of cash, that content producers such as myself can still keep producing for you guys while still being able to feed our very cute Ewok-looking cats. There's a hungry cat involved in this, guys, as well as some sweet, sweet content. Check out all the super fun tiers and all the shows you're missing out on at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. And may that force be with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.